Welcome to the Redbird's Nest. I'm Big Red Austin. I'm joined by Jake and Remington. How's it going? We- Thanks, Redmond. Well, so, so, guys, we're about two weeks out from the All-Star break, and the Cardinals will, will for sure have two all, All-Stars and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. And possibly Miles Michaelis, Ryan Helsley, and possibly Albert Pujols as the commissioner's pick. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like Michaelis needs to come out and perform. Uh, yes. I also feel <laughs> like, well, to counter that, I feel like Miles Michaelis needs to get some freaking run support for once. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that way too, but he, it's, he is so freaking good as a pitcher, but he, he has like, what's he have? Like a 2.6 ERA with a, Google it. It, but yeah, so his ERA it's 2.61, which is phenomenal with a win loss record of five and six. Like that is not his fault. If he's putting up an ERA of 2.61, if he's just no. not getting any runs for it, that is, I, I, yeah. that hurts me for him. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Uh, I feel like, and it, it can go either way. Last time he had a bad outing. That's just, and no run support. Correct. Um, but if you I mean, look at it, you could say he had a bad outing. I mean, five point one innings pitched, so not what he's used to. But I'm, he gave up four runs, but only two were earned because two were off the air. So and now that was uh, the game where it was four to nothing at the end. Correct. That was against the Phillies. The Phillies. I think, yeah. That wasn't the game where we hit. Um, no. Four, four consecutive. No. But no, that no, no, game, no. seven. Uh, we only won by one. Seven to six. Yeah, seven six. So whoever's pitching that game, I'm not saying that the run support wasn't there. I think that right now it's a perfect storm of poor, poor starting pitching, with the exception, you know, Michaelis. He's going to be if if he can get back on track tonight, we'll, we'll I'll be feeling a lot better. But really, poor starting pitching on the road trip. Bullpen has looked good for once, and yeah, yeah, but without Cabrera. Yeah, without Cabrera, they're actually looking good, but Cabrera's been good all season. He's coming back soon, though, correct? Correct. Should be anyway. Side note, Jake, that uh, the starting pitcher of that game where we won 7-6 to six was, in fact, Matthew Libertor. Libertor. That's right. I knew that. Uh, 2.2 innings pitched, 5 earned, 7 hits. <laughs> fantastic yeah i mean honestly a lights out a lights out bullpen coming in after that um that's only been the one, case only one who gave up a run was uh packy Naughton, and he gave up one run after that everybody else was shut down then that's been the case this road trip uh, what was it uh, before last night's game i think it was you can correct me on this red we both saw the same thing but i'm the number it doesn't really matter what the number is 15.2 innings pitched i think over the road trip for the uh bullpen and right around one earned run whether it's 0.9 or 1.1 it's right around there and yeah right around one coming into last night's game mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's something to look look at i've also seen some rumors about picking up another starting pitcher I don't I've also seen some opinion posts that the Cardinals should not do anything uh, as far as the trade deadline goes. What are your guys' thoughts on that? that I they think just need that to hold is still. I think that's stupid. I think moves, but I can also kind of see where it's coming from. Redmond, what's your thoughts? I I've heard rumors that the Cardinals are in dis- discussion. For what one of the Oakland Athletics starring pitchers, yeah, I heard the same. And, and the and and the and the big name being float, floated around is Frankie Montas, mm-hmm. who, if you remember, had that big season what two three years ago, before being popped for PD use. Well, I, mean, I hope he's still on him. That yeah, would you be can't awesome. knock the guy. I mean, he's just trying to perform. Yeah, I'm all for it. 
I mean, I would. But but even after after being popped for that, he's still been an above average starter. So I mean, let's look at. Okay, so I've got his stats pulled up here, and Mm -hmm. okay, on the twenty twenty two season, his win loss record is three and nine. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, doesn't doesn't mean anything. They suck. So take that into consideration. His ERA is three point two six, which pretty solid. Can whenever you consider our starting pitching in the situation we're in, Mm -hmm. Um, that's solid regardless. See, and I'm a big advocate for looking at a guy's WHIP, so walks plus hits per inning pitch. And I mean, he's at one point oh nine, which really better than some of our starters. So. I mean, he's he's a good arm. The big thing that jumps out right paper is 100 strikeouts. We don't have a strikeout pitcher. Yeah, he's a he's a dog for for having 96.2 innings pitched and he's hitting 100 strikeouts. Uh, I'll take that all day. Yeah, I agree. I think I mean that's that's good. That's good. Those are great numbers, really, especially playing for a team like the A's. If they, if he had a good defense behind him, which he would in St. Louis, that'd be great. I think that that's one that if we can get, we should pick it up. But I don't know what kind of roster moves and stuff we'd be doing because one of the I think it was Redbird Rants or somebody had had made a opinion or a prediction, and it's a prediction. But they can see the Cardinals getting rid of, um, letting go of or potentially trading Packy Naughton, which I can see that. Fine. Lars Newtbar, which I can see that. Take it. And then the other one that I completely did not agree with them doing and cannot picture, but crazier things have happened, was Yvonne Herrera was the third one that they said they were going to get rid of. Mm. And that that was written before the Cardinals made this Austin Romine uh, pickup. So that's... uh, that's looking a little bit more likely. Well, whenever it was written, they said, I predict that the Cardinals will try to get a potential veteran catcher, somebody with, that has been around, and then get rid of Yvonne Herrera. And Here's the thing. I'm I'm going to be hard on Yvonne Herrera because just because like he's this number one prospect and everything, and you know, he's supposed to be supposed to be our next yachty, whatever. Um the kid's also 21 years old, I think, maybe 22. Just so 22. it's like I'm not completely out on him yet because I think that if he gets like maybe like two more years development time, he could be something special. But just from what, like I said, I'm going to be hard on him. And for a 22-year-old kid, just what I saw from him at the plate and defensively, I was not impressed. I agree to some extent, but but if you if you remember with Yai when he came up, he was purely a defensive catcher. Whatever you got out from him from the plate, the first probably five years or so was a plus. He was well, there for defense, and yeah, that's fine, and that's Yadi being Yadi being there for defense, uh, but. Yvonne Herrera's defense could not hold a candle to Yachty's defense at this stage. Like, if you were to compare them respectively at each of this stage, like in their career, like as a rookie, Yachty blows him out of the water. And oh uh, yeah, well yeah, but then again, you are comparing probably the greatest de- defensive catcher of our generation to 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 a young guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I think and you're that's exactly right, Redman. But it's, so like, it's, it's, it's like you can't everyone who's set, hyped up this kid said that he's going to be the next Yachty. And so far I haven't seen it. I'm going to be 100% honest. Uh we had Carson Kelly on the team who was supposed to be like, you know, huge big prospect catcher for us, and I saw better stuff out of Carson Kelly than I've seen out of Ivan Herrera at this point and we traded him away no problem. Mhm. I can see that happening in this. And here's the other thing about Herrera, and there's absolutely no stats backing this up whatsoever. It's purely on watching the games, listening to the games, listening to what broadcasters have to say, so on and so forth. He doesn't – he gets shook off by pitchers a lot. Pitchers don't seem to really be hitting the spots that they need to with him. I think that he frames pitches better than Kisner does just from watching it. But 
I don't think that he's really he doesn't mesh with our pitchers. Like there's something going on there. Pitchers are working slower. Pitchers are shaking off against uh, with him. It's there's something going on there. Maybe it's just because he is young. I don't know. Yeah. However, I agree. I agree with you because I've seen that a lot, you know, because how many times do they have to call time because he's trying to use a little stat cast thing on his knee and they're shaking off like what, three or four in a row. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, in the MLB. He is uh, currently 111 with one RBI and I think 18 plate appearances. Is that correct? That's pretty bad. But however, you can't really judge his pitching because that kind of happens with rookies anyway. I think that they just kind of want to want to hit. Because in his 2022 um, minor league stats, 110 at bats, 18 runs, 32 hits. He's batting a 291 average with an OPS of 824. So in the minors, what's his, his, what's his minor league strikeouts? Uh, let me because let me, let me tell you, in when 18 at bats in the bigs. He had eight strikeouts. Like that's not gonna correlate. Oh yeah, I know. It's it's so, uh, in twenty twenty two in the minors. He had uh, across those thirty games or whatever. He had nineteen strikeouts. So yeah, nineteen strikeouts. Which I don't know what much the, better I, number than the. I mean, granted, we have a small sample size, eighteen at bats, but I they the announcers. You know, whenever I was listening to Dan McLaughlin, they had kind of talked about it. It almost just seems like he is just not ready. He's a little in over his head at this point. He's rough. The the more that I watched him progress, the more I was like, oh, that's completely right. I mean, he was not taking great at-bats at the plate. Um, You know, like we said, you know, pitchers were shaking him off a lot. And there were even times where it's – he had a few defensive plays, like balls that I thought he should have blocked or balls that I thought he should have at least caught or had a better attempt at that it just wasn't working out. And I don't know. That, like so we said, gotta, that might that might be a thing of him just being a young kid, you know, 22 years old, being hyped up, you know, to be this great prospect. And then you come out and you play pretty mediocre ball. I mean, maybe yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's that's Yvonne's uh, problem. He's being compa- compared to, you know, future Hall of Famer Yair Molina. And it might, just might be getting to his head. Yeah, well, because because in 2004, Yai was splitting time with former Cardinal manager, current Kansas City Royal manager, Mike Matheny. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and Mike Matheny is was was great, really, if comparative to. I mean, he's no Yachty, but really, <laughs> we'd kill to have something like that right now. He, um, Mike Matheny's <clears throat> legend will always live on for whenever he got drilled in the mouth and just walked back to the dugout, <clears throat> his teeth out. That was awesome. Yeah. That was so, awesome. Going back to Herrera, this is just kind of some some of the deeper stats. I think what I was looking at from him is he was trying to hit the ball hard. I mean, whenever he got called, as soon as he got called up, he's swinging hard. He got one RBI off of a sacrifice fly to the warning track. So that's ridiculous compared to his minor league stats. He had a 17% strikeout rate, which is, you know, way better than what he was doing. And he hit, he had a total this season in the minor leagues of 32 hits and nine of those were extra base hits. So he needs to just be more patient, see the ball and understand that they're not going to be extra base hits. Just get a, get on base get singles you're gonna hit runs in because that's not what he was doing in uh the big leagues it's it's tough to look at that he only played how many games did he play for in the bigs uh it was single digit oh well he only had like 18 plate appearances so yeah i was gonna say five six games six games maybe um and whatever number that was yeah he already had posted a negative 0.3 war <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's pretty abysmal. But the other thing is they so they I don't really I'm not his arm is atrocious. I mean it's bad. It cannot be good. They were saying 22%, I think, pickoff rate lifetime. That's that's not very good. If you can if they're gonna steal, if 
you're only going to pick off one guy out of every five that you throw down there on, you know, to catch stealing. That's pretty bad. Is it? Isn't it? I mean, I, I, yes, but here's my thing with the pickup of Austin Romine. Um, we are just an absolute lost cause at the catching position. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Andrew Kisner is just, I really wanted him to be halfway decent this year because I thought he had the potential to be, and he's just not. Um, he's okay. He's just not. He's, he's okay. He just has no bat. And he, his- which, I'm sorry, but you guys know how I feel about guys not being able to hit. If you yeah. can't hit, you wouldn't be on my team. But um, I think that the pickup of Austin Romine, I mean, well, I don't even know what they picked him up for. It had to be dirt cheap. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Like I acquire him off waivers from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Okay, so got him, got him for absolutely nothing. Um, I think that that is just kind of. I think that there's bigger issues that the team needs to address. Like, I don't think that they needed to go all in on some catcher to get us through. I would much rather see them go all in on a starter and or like a couple relievers. Um, I think this was kind of just maybe like a low hanging fruit attempt to just, you know, kind of stop the bleeding a little bit. I mean, son of a bitch got a hit last night. So uh, (laughs) better than than Herrera and Kisner at this point. So, I mean, you know, and that's what I was telling, uh, that's what I was telling Corey is she's like, who is this guy? And I kind of told her, you know, just a brief, some, thing. some old man. Yeah. I, well, you know, I told her a brief kind of right, you know, explanation of who he was. And I was like, honestly, if he gets one hit, I'm he's already better than what we got. I mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't need to on Yvonne Herrera either because he's young. Uh, give him, get him it to hit, get him to be more patient at the in the batter's box in the offseason get him in spring training and work with that and then you've got yourself a young catcher yeah well and that's here's the here's the difference between ivan or ivan herrera and the prospects we've brought up at least like i'm starting to kind of i don't know how i'm feeling about nolan gorman at this point but here's the thing every time that i'm starting to dog on nolan gorman and be out on him he does something that is just awesome that I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well, he, he kind of regains a little bit of my hope and like my faith in him. Yvonne Herrera had literally zero moments where I thought, Oh, this guy's got it. You know, this is, this is, this is going to be our guy. I was just like, man, this is, uh, uh I would like to see him play more games. And I think we will next year. If yeah. And that's I, what I'd like yeah. to see it because Gorman, <sighs> Holy cow! His defense is, it is not oh, good. For there are two things about him that are just drive me up the absolute wall. And it is just, his just a it reminder, an attitude, a reminder that Gorman is a natural third baseman, so he's still kind of learning the second base position, which he only picked up in the last year or two so well yeah that's fine i mean but that's at least great. catch the damn ball when tommy edmund throws it to you i mean yeah a well, third and there, that, should be able to catch a ball no matter where i didn't watch the game last night but i was listening to it on the radio while i was at work and didn't he throw one over tommy edmund's head like whenever nope. were they trying to turn two no so edmund was playing short got the ball and the ball was probably, I don't know, maybe a foot over Gorman's no, head. No, that, that happened Monday night. That Monday happened night. Monday night. Last night, uh, Nolan Gorman had a throwing error, too. I think they were trying oh, to turn yeah. two, and he threw it right over Tommy Edmonds' head at the bag, I think. Yeah, that may be right. Redmond, do you remember? Because uh, of me. I, yeah, I kind of no, turned off right. the game after seven. It was seven to one. I wasn't <laughs> going to watch that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've got it right here. Gorman with the fielding error uh, on the throw last yeah. night, his fourth error of the year. But yeah, Monday night is whenever Tommy Edmund threw him that one, and he just blatantly missed it. That's and right. And Arenado chewed his ass. Which, granted, he should have. I'm surprised Arenado didn't make an example out of him in the freaking dugout. Yeah, uh, and that's Gillis. 
understand, you know, okay, maybe to put a little too much on it. I can I better understand the throwing error than a catching, you know, missing a ball that's thrown to you and just watching it go into the outfield. That's yeah. a throwing error. Okay, yeah, sure. He's still getting used to it at second base, whatever. I get it. He put a little too much on it. That's okay. What, yeah. Let me preface this. I misspoke. That game happened Sunday night against the Phillies, not Monday night against Atlanta. But okay. yes, either way, it's still kind of sickening to see that uh attitude because and it's it's also sickening to see that marmal is i don't want to take this out on marmal either because marmal's putting up with it from gorman all whenever bader which bader's a different kind of player than gorman is but when bader did not hustle down to first base on a pop-up and no doubt pop-up he sat him the entire next game to just prove a point but herrero or Herrera, excuse me, Gorman. Gorman watches the ball go into the outfield and then stands there and lets Arenado chew his ass for it in the middle of a game. You know, Marvel's like, oh, he's just young, you know, whatever. It's, uh, I don't know. I like his bat when he's hitting and he's not striking out like crazy. When he's hitting, yeah. Um, just... But defensively, if you've got a defensive team like the Cardinals, one of the best, if not the best, team in baseball as far as defense goes, you you got to hold your guys to a higher standard than that. Yeah, five, five gold glovers from last year. Arno at third. Tommy won the gold glove at second, but now it's, he's playing short. Goldie at first. O'Neal, who's on the I.L., and Bayer, who's also on the IL, both one and left and center, respectively, last year as well. Plus, Yai was a finalist for Gold Glove at catcher last year as well. So, you, you've got six win healthy Gold Glove ca caliber players. I mean, that was just from last year. I mean, I think any time on the – whenever you've got – Arenado, Edmund, and Paul Goldschmidt out of the three out of the four positions on your infield. That's almost three guaranteed gold glovers this year. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. just like, I just don't. I had a conversation with a guy last night about why I love rookies so much. And it is because of dudes like Yepes and Donovan who come into every single game and every moment like whether they're in the field or whether they're at bat where it's, they give it their 100% because it's almost like they're playing, like they have something to prove, which mm -hmm. I mean, kind of you do as a rookie. And it's like, I do not get that sense from Nolan Gorman at all. And it pisses me off. Yeah. I, I think it might, might be kind of the same thing for Gorman as it is Herrera. He's hyped up. It's, it might, might have gone into his head that, oh, hey, I'm this top prospect. I, I can do no wrong. Whereas Donovan and Yepes were kind of guys that are just, were just kind of called up because they can do a little bit of everything. And they work hard. Yeah, and that, it, yeah, and they work hard. And that might be it. Maybe, like, maybe you said, maybe it's an attitude thing. Like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm a top prospect. I'm, I'm top shit. I ain't, you know. I ain't going nowhere, but it's mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm I'm looking at your stats right now, pal. Forty games and you're at forty four strikeouts. Um, yeah, I would errors. not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be walking around uh, like the big swinging dick by any stretch of the imagination. If that was my stats. Well, well, like I said, I I don't know what what's going through Gorman's head. I'm not a, not a therapist. I'm I do not have a degree in psychology so don't take my word for it it's just me taking a guess from watching the games so well and you hate to dog on the guy too much because he does come in he got our only rbi last night <clears throat> he can hit the ball yeah. like I, I don't oh yeah i don't want people to think that we're 
we're going to just keep dogging on the Cardinals. This is a hard time right now, losing is, losing like we are to teams that we should be beating or getting at least playing competitive games and getting absolutely blown out instead. It's hard yeah. to speak positively on things. It's easy to focus on the negative. But there's there's good things that happen. I mean, well, it, and that's, just, yeah, you know, we're just kind of going at it. I don't I don't want to be too hard on a kid either because he's, you know, he's young. But it's so easy to pick on the little things that we see and not focus on good things. Well, and that's what I was saying. That's why I haven't completely lost faith in Nolan Gorman. Because while we're sitting here talking about his, you know, terrible stats and his attitude and everything, he might come out uh, tonight and hit two bombs and a double. And I'm just, just like that. I'm, I'm back on the Gorman train, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm, I'm still high on Gorman. I, I say play him until. He, he can't you can't can't play him anymore yeah no and i i think that that's great and i do think that he's good i think that he deserves a good prospect spot i also think that maybe instead of comparing him to yepes and donovan just look at what yepes and donovan have done to to work as hard as they have and go out and maybe it's because they're older because they are older the Yepes and Donovan are like what both 25 ish somewhere in there. Yeah. 25, 26. Yeah. So maybe they've just had a little more time, but they're coming out and putting up rookie of the year numbers. I mean, Yepes was first in slugging. Is that correct? I think first, first or second OPS somewhere in there. Yeah. Both of, both of them are top five and that's. And these are guys that are like ranked number 30 on the prospect list. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is actually only 24. So yeah. So I mean, either way, it's easy to look, it's easy to dog on the top prospects, and it's super easy to give, you know, the guys that aren't as theoretically good uh on paper as the top prospects. It's easier to praise them more. And they deserve it. Don't well, get me wrong. They do deserve yeah. that praise. Yeah. My big yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I, mean, I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe Donovan has a higher slugging percentage than Mariners rookie outfielder Julio Rodriguez, who, in my opinion, is going to win r- rookie of the year in the American League. Yeah, I agree. Just my my big thing is I will never, ever dog a player that gives me effort. Yeah. And – if, if Nolan Gorman can turn it up a little bit, like show me that he's working, show me that, you know, he's trying to turn around and make better plays, I'm I'm all in 100%. But if you don't show me that you're putting out effort or, you know, like at least some kind of drive, I'm, I can't do with that. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's something that the Cardinals franchise in general kind of feels anyway, and Cardinals fans in general feel that way. Um it's hard. It's hard to see him not producing the way that he can and striking out as much as he does. That's a completely different thing than watching a ball go into the outfield. But enough, kind of on the dogging, dogging people and uh, talking well, bad about the Cardinals. Well, but we let me let me dog on one more person okay, real quick. Okay, all right. Just quick little quick little thing. Uh, I would much rather have Nolan Gorman in the big leagues right now because our old uh, our old buddy Paul DeYoung in the minors uh 40 games uh 219 average 44 strikeouts uh buddy you should stay in the minor leagues for life uh they might i uh, wonder if that'd be a guy that they would try to uh, get rid of him because we have trade. called up so many people that can perform just as good if not better and you are just you're not doing it for me paul DeYoung. you never have you yeah never yeah in the in the off season I've kind of got this personal tradition I do of predicting who's going to play what position and where they they hit in the lineup. And and I guess that that Edmund would probably start at second and DeYoung at short and got everything right in terms of position – and I, and I was like, the DH might be Juan Yepes and and or Nolan Gorman, kind of like a pl- platoon situation. Now, this was before the Pujol signing. 
So I, I thought felt pretty good of myself for getting that close. Yeah. I mean, even if you want to say, you know, the Pujol signing didn't work out too much, he is being just so good at being a mentor, especially for Juan Yepes. Like, that that's enough value in itself right there. And he's loving Oh, yeah. He's enjoying doing it. He wants he's having the most fun of his life, and he said that. And that's that's something special to see. So what I was gonna talk about um was the lineup change last night. I thought that was kind of cool to see. What'd you guys think of it? With yeah. uh, Donovan leading off and Yepes in second, with uh Edmund moving back down to seventh. I think that's a smart move. Yeah, Tom Tommy Skyman. And a little mini slump here of recent. So t- take the like Dan, Dan, Danny Mac said on the broadcast, or maybe it was Brad Thompson said, get the pressure off him and let him do what he does, and well, then maybe move him back up to the leadoff spot. And I think it's important to have a guy that can hit. I personally liked Donovan in the seven spot. I liked Carlson in the seven spot. I like a guy who you know can get hits in a seven yes. spot because that that's almost like okay, here we go, middle of the lineup. Yeah, the, the, and then, that eliminates boom. the opposing pitcher being like, okay, we made it to the seven, eight, nine guys. You know, easy outs right here. Like, it, it keeps the pressure on. Exactly. I but I enjoy and then it. it's like you know, even if you know you have a guy in that seven or eight spot that you know consistently gets on base. Guess what? He's going to get on, and then that puts you know ducks on the pond for your top of the order guys. Exactly, and if Romine especially can- with a guy with the speed of Tommy Edmund, dudes, a fast little dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so a single for let's say like someone like Dylan Carlson could easily turn into a double for a guy like Edmund. I don't know. I think Dylan Carlson's got some wheels too, though. Well, yeah, but to- Tommy Edmund and Harrison Bayer, ha- ha- they have the real wheels on the team. You know who really has the wheels is Jordan Hicks. That's what they say anyway. They say he's the fastest man on the team. Hmm. Well, that's what uh, that's what Edmund and Bader have said. Is that it'd be awesome Jordan if Hicks we can beat him in a foot race. It'd be awesome if we could see him get three quick outs for once. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I I like I like the way that I don't want to say I like the way things are going right now because we're looking terrible. But I think that I think I heard this right. Cardinals have the second easiest schedule after you know the second half of the second half in yeah, the I, Major I, I League Baseball. So I think uh, 60 of 80, it's either 50 of 80 or 60 of 80 of the teams that we will be playing in the second half have records below 500 as of right now. That could go one of two ways. That could be absolutely phenomenal for us. Or if the Cardinals kind of get on their old, uh, you know, old habits of playing to the competition, that could be absolutely detrimental for us. I'm hoping to see that the Brewers play to their competition again tonight, um, because eight to three loss to the Cubs Tough. last night. So that helps us, but it does. But it only <laughs> helps us if we're winning games. I mean, just looking at the game like last night, uh, you know, Cardinals scored one run. Uh, had 13 left on base. Yeah, it's like you, you know, you know. As much as we also want to sit here and dog the starting pitching, because well, okay, let me preface this: the starting pitching has been atrocious. For example, <laughs> the Braves scored seven runs last night, and the Braves also had fifteen left on base, so it could have been a lot worse. But what I'm getting at is, you know, they starters, you know, gave up a plethora of runs last night, put us in a seven whatever hole, however big the hole was, but. We had 13 guys on base and we couldn't drive them home. I mean, it doesn't matter how good your starting pitching is. If you got if you can't get guys across the plate, it doesn't matter. Exactly. No, and that's been an issue for the Cardinals anyway. The starting pitching is terrible. And like I said earlier, perfect storm. Perfect storm. Can't drive in runs. Can't don't have good pitching. You're never gonna win a game. That's all there is but to it. Good God, once we get it turned around. And that's that's something that I don't 
I don't see the Cardinals in the World Series this year. But we got something to build on. We got something to build on. That's really what there is. It's right now. Oh, yeah. This is a show year. Pujols, Yachty. Yachty, Wayne, possibly Wainwright. Maybe building some pitching. I don't see Wainwright leaving. Uh, But building (laughs) up some pitching, um, you know, building some stuff a little bit. We got a great defense. We can have good bats. But, eh. I, you know, we got to build a little bit. On the I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying the Cardinals are going to win the World Series because I think the way they're playing right now, that's definite no. But it's like we've said before. I think that if they can make some big-time moves here and actually address some problem areas, I do not see any reason why this team can't make a run at the pennant, like at the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if, t- take a look at the 2019 Nationals. They got hot at the right time yeah. and won the won the entire thing after starting like thirteen and thirty something. I think I'm not completely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that this team has the potential to be actually really phenomenal. They just you have to tap into that potential. Everyone needs to get their heads right. Maybe this is maybe this is time for you know a uh, Marmol to pull a. Don Mattingly and sit the team down for a 90 minute closed door meeting and kind of go on a run here. I don't know. Maybe right after this uh, road trip, he gets everybody in the dugout or the, in the clubhouse flips some tables and says, what the F is going on? You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't see that happening, but I mean, maybe I could see skip Schumacher doing it. I couldn't see I could Marvel do. doing it. I, I could see skip doing it. I could see what, Wainwright, Yachty, and Albert getting together and doing it. No, I don't. I don't think that would happen. Maybe, maybe think, not. I maybe not flipping tables, are, but I mean, like I, as much as I just praised Albert for being a great mentor to the young guys at this point, uh, I also kind of feel like Yachty and Albert are just here for a good time. <laughs> yeah, and I really don't feel like Wainwright's the type of guy to try to discipline his teammates. He's going to keep people in check and whatnot while he's in the game because he's a, a leader, but. He's pretty. He's a pretty go with the flow guy. I mean, uh, now, now I, I wasn't saying like flip the tables, but like the three of them get together, sit the entire team, and ha- just have a long discussion. Well, here's the thing that I'm thinking of: is if if I'm a member of the team and Albert Pujols says something to me, I'm going to listen to him because he's very knowledgeable. But if Albert Pujols is trying to tell Brendan Donovan to step up his game. I'm pissed because you cannot sit there and bat 191 and joke around in the dugout all the whole time and try to tell somebody to step their game up. Like it, I don't see that happening. But just he's just not that much of a presence, I don't think. He's he's there to run out his last year and go home. And that's great. He's not really leading anybody. He's just mentoring, which is fine. I think that's great, but he's not a leader out there. Not like Yachty. I can see Yachty getting pissed and telling people to step their game up when he gets back. But at the same time, you've been hurt, Yachty. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's see what we got going tonight. Um, based this on starting is pitching, Mac, uh, Matt July sixth. But. Yeah, it we got Michaelis going, so that's always good news for us. But they also have uh, Max Freed going, and Max Freed is eight and two with a two six six ERA. So not as good of an ERA as Michaelis, but my God, you're eight and two whenever your team can actually score runs. So um, be a good game. Preview or the lineup's not out yet. Um, I don't know what I'm expecting to see. Uh, left-handed pitcher. Really wouldn't shock me if Marmol throws Pujols in the lineup tonight mm-hmm. as a DH. Um, kind of sucks because I'd really a lot rather see Juan Yepes as the DH right now. But that's a post. That is a post uh, All Star break move. That's not a pre All Star break move. Yeah. Yeah, and Max for free, according to Fangraphs, has a two five two. Filling independent pitching stat. So take away 
intentional walks and by included hits, well, home runs, every walk besides intentional walks, hit by pitches and strikeouts, and that's how you get fit. And it's 3.0 war on the year. So, long story short, what you just said is he's a stud. Yeah. Nice. Big time stud. I'm all for it. Let's hit him. Let's hit a stud. We did good against uh, Sandy Alcantara, really. I mean, that was pretty impressive. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought that we hit him fine. We were one of, what is it, 15 of his 18 or 16 of his 18 or something. Um, nobody scored more than two runs, and we scored more than two runs. So, yeah, we're four. Yeah. So it kind of goes back if, you know, if we play up to our, our competition, I mean, there's not many guys. I actually, I'll rephrase that. There's nobody in the MLB I would rather have swinging a bat at a left handed pitcher other than Paul or uh, Paul Goldschmidt. So, yeah, Brendan Donovan hits left handed pitching well, too. We, we just murder left-handed pitching all around as a team. So, I mean, which is impressive. I might, I might come out, you know, he might come out and toss uh, 12 strikeouts across eight shutout innings, and then I'll just, you know, have to eat my words. But that's, and that's or, or he could give up six runs and two and a third innings. Yeah. yeah. Or we could go back to back to back to back bombs to start the game. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. And I believe, I'm not 100% sure, you guys should maybe check me on this, but I believe that Tommy has been doing better against lefties than righties also. Like, I was going to say that he... Yeah, I believe he's a better right-handed hitter yeah. than he is lefty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, so. I think that they've even said that. But... I don't know. We, I don't... I don't know if it will happen, but we really need to take the last two games of this series and at least get out of Atlanta with a split. Um, yes. It would we, look a lot better uh, for us, for our sake, to to, to do that. But I the, well, see it happening. I don't see it happening, but we need some wins against these big-time competitors. You know what I mean? Yeah. We really need to win these two games. We really need a series win against the Phillies. We really need – we absolutely – freaking need a two to one series win over the Dodgers next week. Like that yeah. would, Oh my God, that would make me so happy. And really but... after next week with the Dodgers, it's only two on the third, three weeks. Really? We got the Yankees at home. We do. So that would be nice. We've got the yeah, we've got some series. I mean, we've got the Yankees at home right at the beginning of August. We've got the Braves coming uh to town at the end of August as well. And then we do have another series with the Dodgers at the end of September. So also the Padres. We play the Padres a three game set and the Dodgers a three game set back to back. So I'm looking forward to the games against the Padres because that, I am too. It was a fun series when we swept them. I am too, man. I don't know. I think that's just one of those things. Like, it seems to me in the games that I've watched the car- in the past two to three years, the Cardinals and Padres series have always been like freaking battles. You know what yeah, I mean? Lots of fun. Also, I Lord, say the same Lord knows the if, but who knows if if that Tatis is going to be healthy by then or not? God, wouldn't yeah. you love for him to be a Cardinal right now? Or yes. not, like not injured, but I mean just in general. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be amazing. He he doesn't and he wanted like a cardinal. He he wanted to be though. His oh, dad yeah. was a cardinal. That is true. Yeah, yeah Fernando Senior. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Fernando Senior got him like some kind of I don't know what it was. It wasn't like a scouting thing, but got him to like some workout. Like yeah, and the Cardinals like let him come to one workout and after that they were like, No, no, thanks. Jeez. Yeah. And, and right. Fernando that's Speaking sick. of Fernando Tatis Jr., this has been said. Th- Tell us the stat. I'm ready. Uh, been t- been told a thousand times, but Fernando Tatis Sr. 
only player in MLB history to hit two grand slams in one inning, and it was against the same pitcher. Boom. <laughs> As a Cardinal, baby. Yeah, I can see it. I think that uh, as long as he has no hard feelings, <laughs> I can see him <laughs> I, coming to the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think he might be loving that uh, West Coast big market that he's in. I mean, those West Coast women. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to say it. Well, he it. was on a mo- motorcycle when he hurt his ankle. I mean, my God, if wouldn't you be on a motorcycle, Red? Uh, nah. What about a trike? Uh, no. I like having pr- protection when I'm driving. Oh, yeah. Only when you're driving? You don't use protection well, other than that? <laughs> responsibly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I can... I'd love to see Fernando Tatis... Junior at the Cardinals. I think that, that would be awesome. I, hey, that would be know. awesome. Never know. Just I, maybe, maybe trade. Uh, I think open trade just straight up for uh, Newt Bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, hear me out. Send him, send him a package deal. I, I do not know what Tatis's contract is, but I just have to believe it's abysmal. Um, oh, it's got to be. Yeah. So package deal. Uh, Harrison Bader, Jack Flaherty. Yenesis Cabrera, uh, Andrew Kisner for Tatis. I I mean I don't think that's enough. I don't think they'd take it. They they would probably need like six. I don't know the Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader be that's a big trade, dude. I mm, yeah. I mean I'm not so I'm not as much as a Harrison Bader hater as I was at one point in time. But he still just does not do it for me. So Fernando Tatis Jr. signed a 14-year, $340 million contract with the Padres, including a $10 million signing bonus and an average salary of $24 million. What did you say? $324 million per year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in 2022, Tatis Jr. will earn a base salary of $5 million. Okay. Think about this, though. What I'm pretty sure what the Cardinals have like thirty million dollars in cap space right now. Yeah, yeah, roughly. I just don't. I don't feel like Tatis is um, <laughs> just use almost you know all of our cap space. <laughs> I maybe. Well, you gotta think. I mean, you'll clear up. Uh, what did Harrison Bader sign a two year like ten million dollar deal? Uh, so they clear up some space there. Jack Flaherty's on a one year five million dollar deal right there. Um. Uh. Yeah. There's. We're not getting much in return yeah, for a fourteen uh, year, three hundred forty million dollar contract. Is Tatis's contract? So, ah, send it, send them send it to him. See what they say. <laughs> I don't know. It may be. He may. He may. You never know. He he might. I I'm I'm all in. All in. But yeah. Well, you know that'd be awesome to have a. a a shortstop like that. I think I would honestly rather. I have would trade a... Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, Gorman and Bader and um, what's his Flaherty? Yep, Gorman, Bader, Flaherty. Boom! You got a Gold Glove. You've got a Gold Glove uh, center fielder, a top prospect, and a star pitcher. I'm not. I'm not hearing any reason for them to not do it. <laughs> I, hey, all I'm saying is, as a Cardinal fan, that's what I'd do if yeah. I was them. <laughs> not- all right. Well, moving forward, yeah, um, we really need two games against Atlanta. We really need a series win against Philly, and good God, do we need to take two out of one from or two out of three from the Dodgers? We'd be looking a lot better. You know, and I just kind of realized we never really even answered Big Red's first question about what we thought of the All-Star game. We just heard Miles Michaelis, and we just started going. That's um, true. Um, <laughs> so full circle. To wrap so things to make up. It, to make it full circle, Red, here's what we'll do. We'll end on talking about the All-Star game, uh, talk about any bets for place, anything like that. You can give us our daily facts, and we'll call it.
call it good. How's that sound? Sounds great, guys. <laughs> okay. I kind of forgot about, about it. <laughs> well, Paul Goldschmidt absolutely annihilating Pete Alonso in the first base race right now, which just warms my heart so much. You know, yeah. I don't like Pete Alonso. He went to Florida. As an Alabama fan, I can't like him. Oh, yeah. I understand. But, I mean, he's annihilating him like 66% of the votes to 34%, something like that. So, I'm just going to go ahead and call that a win for our boy. Um, mm-hmm. The Nolan and Manny Machado race is actually pretty close. Manny Machado has the upper hand right now at 51% of the votes while Nolan's sitting at 49%. But, wow. um it could go either way. I mean, well, the you know, way that Arenado's been hitting, I mean, the month of June, what is he? Did he have six home runs? He's almost caught Goldschmidt in home runs now. Yeah, uh, and he had he's a coming out big. And, yeah, he wants it. And he had a monster series against the Phillies. Huge, huge. So. Yeah, yeah, cycle, and then a two home run game. He needs a big series to, or a big game tonight, but. Yeah, that's about that's about all I've got as far as the All Star game goes. I mean, I think Michael Helsley is. Who knows? I think Helsley's practically a lock. I mean, unless he's just not getting the love he deserves from anybody who's not a Cardinals he, fan. He but. may not be, and I feel like the reason is Helsley's not a guy who you can throw in at a closer spot every single night. He's just yeah. Not- the the saves is what might might hurt him. Yes. He's not getting the amount of innings he deserves, and I don't feel like – I feel like he's okay with that. I feel like he doesn't want to be out there every single night. Same with Michaelis, his win-loss record, which I'm going to go on record. Boys, should not be Should not be a factor for an all-star game because you can give up one run – and your team still still lose as a pitcher. Uh, this is not in any way related to All Star Game talk, but I just saw an intriguing headline: uh, Stephen Matz is under consideration to start Thursday in Atlanta against the Braves. Oh, oh boy! Oh. <laughs> I am ready for Big yeah. Big Matz to come back. I'm ready too. I, I feel and like according he wants to be back. According to Oliver Marmol, it says that if he, Dakota Hudson continues to struggle. He will take Dakota, Dakota Hudson's spot in the rotation. Uh, that that's okay. Dakota, uh, Hudson, I mean, it makes sense, but in baseball, but the I thing mean, what it is is if you can pitch for ground balls, you can miss your spot, and then if you miss your spot, they're going to hit the ball six hundred feet. Here's the thing, buddy. Uh, here's what I'd tell Oliver Marmol. We only have like three bona fide starters right now uh, yeah. in Michaelis, Palante, and. Wayne Wright. I don't think – I think now might be the time to fill some of those gaps rather than replace uh, some of the pieces in there. Uh, I would – I mean, I'm not completely out on Dakota Hudson. I don't want to see him lose the starting spot. He needs to start pitching a little bit better because he's been sucking recently. But I'd say give him at least two or three more starts and throw Matt's in behind him or in front of him. And then you've just got one spot to, you know, play around with. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I agree. And I don't want to be too terribly hard on Marmol because I feel like he knows the game pretty well. And it's really easy to say, why does he keep... I was telling a roommate of mine from college that we were going to start this uh, podcast and that he should be on the lookout. And he said, first thing you need to do is talk about how Marmol switches the lineups all the time. And I don't think that we'll continue to see Marmol switch lineups around all the time. I feel like he's just trying to find what he's working with for the second half of the season, which we're the, we're at right now. I agree. But there's definitely something to be said. Like I think that that might be part of Herrera's problem is two starts pulled, pulled for four starts and then two starts pulled for four starts. There has not been a consistent lineup in a while. Maybe the entire season. Well, there's not been a consistent lineup, but, and I mean, you know, 
a lot of times consistency is what helps guys. We know that. But here's the thing. If you're in Oliver Marmel's spot, you've only got like four guys on the team that you know are going to be in the lineup every day. The other four players on the team are like rookies that you've called up. You know, mm-hmm. you've got Donovan, Yepes, Gorman, Herrera in the mix. Uh, split in time even like when you've got Andrew Kisner on the roster you're split in time between him and Molina or him and Herrera it's not like that you've got guys that are consistently playing the same spot every day and I think that injuries hurt just, injuries hurt and sometimes like you know with mixing the lineup you know it honestly can sometimes just be an effort to or you know an experiment almost just putting guys where they're going to perform the best or what's most comfortable for them and sometimes that can take a little bit to figure out so I'm not dogging on him for that. I think that maybe after the all-star break is whenever you need to try to put your best lineup on the field every single time and not do so much experimentation, but eh, I don't hate it right now. I don't either really. I just feel like that's something that a lot of people have said about Marmel and something that I have said a couple of times as well as consistency helps, but you're, and that's another thing. That's another reason why I say, this year, you know, maybe not, maybe not quite the year yet. Next year, I feel like some there will be more consistency. They'll know who needs to be where. You've got sophomore guys instead of rookie guys. Everybody is looking like they're filling into a spot. And we might see that at August, late August, September, somewhere in there. We might start to see that as well. So I just don't – it's not something that I personally feel too strongly about, but I know that it's been said – by others so i kind of wanted to yeah i think ollie's just been trying trying his best with the roster that he's been given yeah Yeah. and i know that we've talked before and we've dogged on marmel um i think he's doing much better uh like for starting like i would say like the month of june or so yeah, I think he's making better moves. I think he's leaving pitchers in the appropriate amount of time before pulling them, or vice versa, pulling them mm-hmm. before you know stuff gets really bad. You can't you can't really blame him for anything going on in the last five games. Whenever your starting pitchers come out and just don't pitch, but no, um, I think that he's he's stepping up a little bit now. I don't want to jinx us and him do some atrocious crap here in the next couple series because we've got some big games coming up. But he's getting better in my eyes. I agree, and I think that that's kind of going back to that, you know, there's nothing he can do about the perfect storm that I was mentioned earlier. It's just, it's baseball. It happens to people. Injuries, poor hitting, slumps, poor pitching slumps, you know, where it happens. It's the perfect storm. It's hitting us all at once, but we'll come out of it. We will. So, All right, round it out. End on. Well, I was gonna say, we got any bets tonight? I no, absolutely not. I got there's, there is no way that you can convince me to place a bet tonight. I, I had ten dollar free it. bet, so I used it, and I did you do parlay? Yeah, I wish I'd have never done it. Okay, well, I won't ask what it was, but no, it was a it was the Cardinals money line, so that that right there killed it. But I also yeah. had, I don't remember what I had, Arenado. Maybe getting an RBI, I think. And uh, Donovan scoring a run. I think that was it. That was um, it. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything like that with Max Freed on the mound tonight. But <laughs> Well, you know, come more in, power to uh, you if you decide to. Anderson, Ian Anderson, that's his name, right? Coming in last night. Yeah. I, felt pretty, I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> Here's You want to know something I don't understand as far as betting odds go? For National League Rookie of the Year, Juan Yepes is at plus 2,000. Brendan Donovan is at plus 1,700. And Nolan Gorman's at plus 1,300. Yeah. How how does Nolan Gorman have better odds to win Rookie of the Year than either of those guys? Home runs. That's it. I mean, he's not beating Juan Yepes in bombs. No, he's not. Juan Yepes is like third on the team. I think he's got 11. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he has eleven. He might have nine or seven or eight somewhere in there. He's got nine, nine, ten or eleven. Yeah, he's up there. Well, yeah. Either way, but it's it's a hype thing too. You know, you've got number one prospect bringing up Juan Yepes has eleven bombs. Eleven. Uh, o- Look at OPS you go. You gotta- 
0.832, an average of 279 with 26 ribbies. Uh, yeah, sorry, Nolan Gorman. Uh, you shouldn't be ahead of Juan Yepes or Brendan no. Donovan. Though. And that, that's really – and the way they get those odds – Well, and then it's like – It's how, how people have voted. I know it's how people have voted, but it's like even the, you know, Redmond's all big on O'Neal Cruz for the Pirates. Uh, guess what? He had that very first awesome game where he came out, and uh, since then he is uh, his batting average is currently at a buck ninety three, uh, slugging abysmal point four two one and OPS of six thirty eight. So, uh, you, his odds are second best in the league at plus four thirty. Like, yeah. come on, fine player for the Pirates. That's fine, uh, considering the Pirates are like thirteen games back or something terrible like that. I mean, you want to. I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I mean, he's got all of the all of the tools you think you would need, but let me tell you, he's six foot seven. Uh, next year, whenever <laughs> that uh, Robo strike zone comes into play, my Man, God, oh, he's oh. going to have a hard time fill it. You know, covering that strike zone that it creates for him, that's going to be tough. Hmm. But, well, I think that it's a good time to wrap things up. What do you say, Big Red? What do you think, Big Red? What do you got today in Cardinals history for us? Well, on this date in 1933, the All-Star Game happened in Chicago at the old Comiskey Park. The Cards sent four players, including Jimmy Wilson, Bill Hallahan, the Fordham Flash, Frankie Frisch, and Pepper Marn, with Frisch hitting a home in the game. And also... And also on this date in 1952, Dan Dan Musial hits his eighth career walk-off home run. He would wind up hitting 12 career walk-off home runs. Wow. Can't not stand the man. Stand the man. Get a good stand the man stat in there today. That's that's it's always a good day if it's a stand the man stat. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right, Redmond, close us out. Well, thank you for listening to the Redbird's Nest. This has been your host, Big Red Austin, joined by Jake and Remington. Thanks. See you next time.